There he is. The man, the myth, the legend, alongside Mo Patton is Wade Neely. We send you now to the brand new host, co-host, Mo Patton and Wade Neely. Fellas? Welcome aboard. Thank you, guys. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, let's hope it's boom rather than bust. That's the number one pick. That was quite the introduction from producer Yao today. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know. If you know Yao at all, you know he likes to do things big. So, yeah, I'm pumped. I've uh, been doing this thing remote. First time really in the studio with you guys. And uh, so we're excited about what we've got in store. Uh, always feeling good on a Friday. Excited about the show today and excited about the show, obviously, going forward. So, pumped to be here. Absolutely. Big show today, as they typically are on Friday, as we get you ready for the weekend. Got a lot of stuff popping off today. Um, it's been a crazy week and it's continuing and we will get to some of that as we go um a couple of great guests in the second hour we will visit it with visit with john clay of the lexington herald leader going to talk a little ut kentucky basketball as those two will tip it off tomorrow night at rup and later in this hour we're going to check in with our nba analyst landon secrest and the timing was really good for us to get Landon on because yesterday after we adjourned, news out of the Bluff City, there was a trade. Big and, trade, and, and, uh, literally and physically, I suppose. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good way to put it. And so we will be getting um, into that here in the next segment with Landon, among other things. So I'm looking forward to that also. Big news out of college football, college athletics, but college football earlier today. Um, some movement of some players at the Major League Baseball level, one in particular last night. We will um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. And, and a, a, big, a big event at the First Horizon Park, is that what it is? It's not, the name hasn't changed recently has it so yeah big event at first horizon park this weekend we'll talk more about that later on in the show so um again we got plenty to talk about and before we talk about any of it wade we need to get the people yesterday's results and this weekend schedule on the rundown The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb & Associates. The Blue Raider Voice also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. All right, folks, here we go. Let's kick things off with the results from the hardwood. This is girls basketball. Last night it was DCA 58, Davidson Academy 39. Innsworth winning a close one, 36 to 35 versus CPA. Santa Fe gets a 46 to 28 win versus Frank Hughes. In a game that uh, we broadcast in Pulaski last night, Giles County does fall 51 to 61. Murfreesboro Central Magnet, good win. Uh, for the Tigers there in P-Town. John Overton knocks off Hunter's Lane, 54 to 13. Cookville wins a close one versus Lebanon. Always uh, a good battle there, and it's 50 to 44 is your final. Lawrence County with a 15-point win, 50 to 35 versus Marshall County. Blackman, 49, Rockvale, 23. 
uh, Shelbyville all over Spring Hill, 46 to 23. Speaking of all over, Summertown 76, Lewis County 18. Big win last night for Summertown. And another big win to cap us off here in Murray County. It was Columbia 83, Warren County 48. Boys basketball action on Thursday night. Donaldson Christian with a 68-65 win over Davidson Academy. East Robertson defeated Knowledge Academy's 59-45. Second straight game, Santa Fe Falls. Host Frank Hughes with a 50-46 win over the top-ranked Wildcats. Top-ranked for now. Giles County, 45, Murfreesboro Central, 40. Overton with a 72-40 win over Hunters Lane. Cookville 75, Lebanon 48. It was Marshall County 63, Lawrence County 57. That's third ranked Lawrence County for now. Macon County 2, Republic nothing. Sounds like a forfeit. Smells like a forfeit. Mm -hmm. Or a really low scoring basketball game. Oh, some game. fantastic defense. Really good defense. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Spring Hill with a 46-43 win over Shelbyville. Summertown defeated Lewis County 87-55. It was Columbia Academy 64, University School of Nashville 37, and Columbia Central with a 61-53 win over Warren County. Some good wins last night on the hardwood uh, for our boys basketball squad. In college basketball, on the men's side, we begin. Moorhead State was a winner, 68-49 over TSU. Cumberland knocks off Bethel in a close one, 79-76. Finley with an 89-70 win versus Trebekah. It was 62, Talladega 58. In women's hoops last night, TSU did knock off Moorhead State. That count was 71-58. to it was 61-50, to 50, Austin P a winner over Kennesaw State. Lipscomb takes care of Queens by the count of 76-63. to 63. Tennessee dispatched Georgia last night. 95 points for the Lady Vols, just 73 for Georgia. 67-61, to 61, Ole Miss was a winner last night versus Vanderbilt. Cumberland wins another close game. The boys and the girls, uh, men's and women's matchups, both close there. 65-63, Cumberland wins. And then rounding out women's hoops last night, 76 to 57, Trebekah knocks off Finley. In the association, adding insult to injury for the Grizzlies, maybe? I don't know, but Cleveland with a 108-101 win over Memphis. Tonight's high school basketball schedule, these are doubleheaders, 6 o'clock starts for the women. I'm sorry, girls. Boys to follow. Hillsboro's at Cane Ridge. Summit goes to Centennial. Cheatham County hosts Harpeth in a cross-county rivalry there. Rossview will be at Clarksville High School. Kenwood is at Clarksville Northeast. It's the rematch from Saturday night as Spring Hill travels to Columbia Central tonight. Lebanon is at Cookel. Father Ryan goes to Christ Presbyterian Academy. Cornersville is at Cullioca. Davidson Academy hosts Friendship Christian. Donaldson Christian hosts Nashville Christian. Good Pasture goes to Ezel Harding. Creekwood is at Fairview. Grace Christian out of Franklin goes to Franklin Road Academy. Riverdale is at Gallatin. Giles County hosting Franklin County. That game will be on Pulaski Citizen Live. Is yes, that sir. Correct? There we go. Um, East Robinson goes to Greenbrier. Beach is at Green Hill. Hendersonville Christian hosts Metro Christian. Dixon County goes to Henry County. Good luck to the Cougars. Valor Collegiate is at Hume Fog. Antioch travels to Hume Fog. I'm sorry. Antioch travels to Hunter's Lane. Excuse me. Huntland hosts Eagleville. And big District 10-4A matchup as Franklin goes to Independence. Other doubleheaders tonight. Knowledge Academies will travel to Joe Burns. Stratford at Kip will be, uh, Stratford is at Kip Nashville. There we go, set for 6 p.m. Riverside Christian visits Lancaster Christian, also at 6. 
Stewart's Creek is traveling to Laverne this evening. Glencliff visits Lawson. It'll be Independence Academy visiting Lead Academy. This Lewis County will travel to Loretto. Portland visits Macon County this evening. Murfreesboro Central Magnet and Marshall County, both with games last night, both with games tonight. Magnet hits the road to Lewisburg this evening. Maplewood travels to MLK. John Overton will visit McGavick. Hendersonville is on the road at Mount Juliet. Summertown travels to Mount Pleasant. Brentwood is at Nolansville. Blackman is at Oakland. Ravenwood visits Page. Franklin Road Christian travels to Pleasant View Christian. Innsworth will visit Pope John Paul II. BGA is at Providence Christian. Hampshire will come into Linville tonight to face the Richland Raiders. Cascade will visit Santa Fe this evening. Rockvale will travel to Siegel. Wilson Central is on the road at Smyrna. Kirkwood visits Springfield this evening. White House is at Station Camp. Dayspring Academy will visit STEM Academy tonight. Montgomery Central is at Sycamore. White House Heritage visits Trousdale County. Lawrence County makes a long road trip in district play to visit Tullahoma. Monterey is at Watertown tonight. Clarksville Northwest visiting West Creek. Liberty Creek is at Westmoreland. East Nashville makes the trip uh, west, as it were, over to White's Creek. And then Franklin Christian travels over tonight to Zion Christian. Saturday, high school doubleheaders. At 2 o'clock, Clarksville Academy travels to Friendship Christian. Greenbrier is at Liberty Creek. That's a 5 o'clock girls' tip. Ham Hampshire at Cornersville. Pretty sure that's a 3 o'clock game, not a 6 o'clock game. Um, Kenwood is at Dixon County at 6. Grace Christian of Franklin is at Middle Tennessee Christian at 6. Tonight, girls only. 6 o'clock starts for St. Cecilia at Brentwood Academy and for Harpeth Hall at Lipscomb Academy. Tomorrow at 6 o'clock, Brentwood Academy is at Lipscomb Academy. Is that a doubleheader? I believe that's a doubleheader. Uh, I don't know why that wouldn't be a doubleheader. So, yeah. Um, should be, hopefully. Yeah. Boys basketball tonight. Boys only. Montgomery Bell Academy is at Lipscomb Academy. That's a 7.30 tip. And Saturday, boys only. Webb is at University School of Nashville. That's a 2 o'clock start. College basketball doubleheaders on Saturday. Trebekah is at Ohio Dominican. First game is at 12. Second one at 2. At 1 o'clock at Gentry Center, Southern Indiana takes on the Lady Tigers, followed by men's game at 3.30. At 1 o'clock over, no, 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 not in Lebanon, in Kentucky. Cumberland plays at Campbellsville. Again, that's a 1 o'clock start for game one, three for the nightcap, as it were. Fisk goes to Oakwood, 6.30 for the women, 8.30 for the men. In men's basketball, single games, UT Southern, who is absolutely rolling in the uh, Southern States Athletic Conference, they will visit Dalton State. Again, that's a men's-only contest set for 1 p.m. Belmont will travel to Missouri State, also at 1. That game can also be seen on ESPN+. Plus. At 2.30, Missouri visits Vanderbilt on SEC Network. Jacksonville travels to Lipscomb for a 4 o'clock start, also on ESPN+. Plus. North uh, Florida visits Austin P. That game is set for 4.15 p.m. MTSU travels to Western Kentucky for a 7 o'clock tip-off. That game can actually be seen on the ESPNU, and it'll be Tennessee traveling to Kentucky, as Mo alluded to earlier. Big showdown tomorrow night in Rupp. That game is set for 7.30. In women's basketball action on Saturday, these are women's only games. Austin P is at Queens. That's a 12 noon tip-off. At 1 o'clock, Lipscomb is at Kennesaw State. At 2 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, Western Kentucky comes to the Glass House, taking on the Lady Raiders. 
Murray State is at Belmont at 6. That one's also on ESPN Plus. And at 1 o'clock Saturday, UT Southern is at Welch. On the ice, who knew? The All-Star Game is tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. It can be seen on ABC. And in National Basketball Association play tonight, 7 o'clock, NBA TV, it's Golden State at the FedEx Forum against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies then go on the road to take on Boston. That's a Sunday 5 o'clock tip, and it can be seen on Valley Sports Southeast. And that is your rundown. Today's top story, one, it won't be singular probably, but two, they are all brought to you by Piggly Wiggly out at Neely's Mill here in Columbia. Be sure and go through there for your delicious daily deli lunch options. It's, It's fantastic meat and three options over there. They've also got hand cut meats. Go up there and Order what you want, and everything is cost plus 10 at the cash register. So, again, Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill in Columbia bringing you today's top story. And, man, this is this is wild stuff. Wade, we have been kind of keeping tabs on the situation with the Major League Baseball team in the Bay Area that is not the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I guess as a fan of an American League West team, you're probably kind of keeping an eye on this a little bit too. Oakland is set to leave the Oakland Coliseum at the end of the 2024 season. Um, supposedly they are moving to Las Vegas, but there's not going to be a facility in Vegas until 2028. Uh-oh. Uh, Right. Yeah. So as of right now, the A's are are a barnstorming outfit for 25, 26, 27. And according to Sacktown Sports, if they do not find a home facility, there's a possibility that they could just disband. Oh, (laughs) They have visited a park in West Sacramento and one in Salt Lake City. This story says, but what if neither of those locations or the others discussed work out? A Bay Area source told Sectown Sports that the idea of ceasing operations between 2025 through 2028 has been floated. So basically, between 25 and 28, MLB would run with 29 teams and when 2028 comes around, they would basically do an expansion draft. And then those players currently under contract to the A's, uh-huh. I guess their contracts would be rescinded and they would be able to sign with other teams. And then we refresh everything in 28 in Vegas. I cannot see that happening. No. Uh, and, and, you know, I was thinking we're in the Vegas uh mindset there I'm, I'm, the odds got to be astronomical that something like this would uh, actually transpire and um, you mentioned this article we're reading here on Sacktown Sports I love uh, the close of one paragraph here it says well they just need to figure something out they need to figure it out sooner than later uh, or else yeah they are going to be barnstorming or uh, 
sure, surely some sort of agreement will either form or they'll come up with something. Do you run something kind of like where you saw during COVID times and maybe play a handful of games at a pocket here, a handful of games at a pocket there? Or could you play with, with the Giants, let you play at – Hey, can we borrow your park when you're not when, you, when you're not here? You know, shades of the shades of the sound and the express back in the early '90s over at Greer. Um, ideally, the athletics would have this figured out by midseason because typically MLB announces its following season schedule around the All Star game. Mm -hmm. So the clock is ticking. Yeah, and you know, uh, you mentioned the AL West. That's obviously been a pretty competitive division the last couple of years. And Oakland uh, didn't win a ton of games last year. Haven't won a ton of games for a couple of seasons, but they're they've been prone to to win some nice uh, games, going on a decent little run. And so, uh, it just kind of is a real head scratcher. This almost seems like a little bit of a headline grab, some sort of posturing maybe. Uh, for millionaires and billionaires to try and get a situation resolved uh, because I just don't see any way that uh, you have a team not playing. Right? I, can't, sure. I can't see it getting to that point, but you know, the fact that it's even being discussed is something. Um, top story one, a yeah, maybe. Yep. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association announced its 2024 Hall of Fame class um, that will be inducted at a luncheon at MTSU on April 8th. That's a Monday, actually, that typically takes place on a Saturday. They've moved it. Mm -hmm. um, there is a class of eight. Names of local interest include longtime Glencliff volleyball and girls basketball coach Glenn Falls, longtime certified athletic trainer Chris Snoddy, who worked primarily with Lipscomb and with Good Pasture, um, who passed away here not too long ago. He will be going in posthumously, obviously. And Columbia native and former TSSAA executive director Bernard Childress will be inducted during that April luncheon. So congratulations to all of them, as well as longtime Bartlett baseball coach Phil Clark, um, longtime football coach Joe Gaddis, who spent time at Tullahoma in addition to Oak Ridge and Henry County. Um, Fulton basketball coach Jody Wright, who is also on the TSSAA Board of Control, and a couple of officials, Jerry McCarter from Powell outside of Knoxville and Steve Trussler from Manchester. So again, the Hall of Fame luncheon recognizing those eight inductees will take place at 11 o'clock on Monday, April 8th at the Student Union Building at MTSU. Tickets will go on sale for that beginning a week from Monday. So you can go to the TSSAA website and, and get those. And again, um, congratulations, obviously, to Chris Nottie and his family, to Glenn Falls, mm -hmm. and to Bernard Childress. None better than Bernard. No, and uh, this is one of those, when I'm reading the headline, it just seems like it should have already happened. I, I know the this timetable hasn't really exactly worked out, but it just, this is such a deserving uh, recognition for a guy. You know, I grew up 
in the late 90s, went to high school in the early 2000s, and just remember at the time, even though I was a young, just whippersnapper, uh, just always hearing nothing but great admiration and respect. And then kind of as I matured and got to work with Bernard a little bit, just a consummate professional, super worthy of an induction. And I also love the, the fact that this class is so expansive. I assume that that happens almost every year, but I love the fact you have an official, also an athletic trainer, because uh, sometimes the coaches do tend to hog or t uh, take a lot of the spotlight, I should say, and administrators, and rightfully so. But it's always cool. It's always rewarding to me to see some of these other players kind of on the outside because it is a communal effort. It's cool to see those get recognized. Absolutely. Um, one final before we go out, I want to mention Carl Weathers passed away earlier today. Apollo Creed. Um, what was what was his character in Happy Gilmore? Chubbs. Oh yeah. Um, among Derek Chubbs Peterson. There we go. So died at the age of 76, um, peacefully in his sleep. Um, certainly the way to go. Yeah. If you gotta go, but. Um, Condolences. Yep. Well, con con condolences to his family, his friends, and um, former Oakland Raiders linebacker. Yeah, Carl Weathers. So um, that's it for segment one. When we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Middle Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint, we will be joined by our NBA analyst. Landon Seacrest talking about the association. Stay tuned. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. 
Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to the weekend update edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Wade Neely. Chris Yao off camera. Well, for now, he's pushing the buttons, sliding the slides, and doing everything that it takes to keep us on air. So no pressure over there. Um, as we continue today's show, we are now going to be joined by, as I say, our NBA analyst, Landon Seacrest. Um, good afternoon. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Um, timing is everything, man. We um, we tried to get you on for about 10 days and finally came up with a window that we could get you in because you're so busy. <laughs> yes, now, now is a good time, man. Pretty busy now with both basketball teams in full season and conference play. So easy to find time right now for you all. I'm I'm a little disappointed, Landon, because I ran into you Saturday night at the um, Columbia Central Spring Hill game, and you were sporting some specs. And I'm not sure if they were practical or if they were if they were functional or if they were just for the look. But um, they look pretty good on you. And I was Thank hoping you. I was hoping we would get the studious Landon Seacrest today. But um, at any rate, after we got you lined up for today. We're all breaking up yesterday, heading to our respective homes, and the news comes across. The Memphis Grizzlies have made a trade. They have acquired Victor Oladipo from Houston and a trio of second round picks. I, I assume those aren't all next year, but three second round picks in exchange for a guy who's not going to play this year, Stephen, and uh, Stephen Adams. And, you know, we here were all really disappointed at, you know, the chain of events that resulted in Stephen Adams not being available for Memphis this year. But what, what exactly, how do you read that move to get him off the roster entirely? I think it's really just an experimental move. Obviously, you said... Steven Adams probably wasn't going to play this year, and they get back a player in Victor Oladipo who does have an injury history, so we don't know what he's going to look like on the court once he does get on the court. So, so he's not on the court either. Yeah, it, it, he's had some knee injuries in the past. We don't know if he's going to be fully healthy when he gets on the court, but he's a good player if he is healthy, but that's a big if in the past few seasons where he's been on the court. He spent some time with the – Heat and then had an unfortunate knee injury again at the same knee injury that he had um, when he was with the Indiana Pacers as well. 
this Chris, you'll 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 recognize this. This sounds like the Braves and guys coming off Tommy John. I mean, collecting injured guys and the Oladipo trade to me, one, I didn't realize he wasn't active, but you know, perimeter guys, the Grizzlies seem to have those in bunches. Um Adams is a guy, an enforcer, a rim protector, that kind of thing. And even though he wasn't playing right now, you know, is this a is this a concession to the fact that maybe he doesn't get back? Yeah, I think it's really a concession to that because when you look at acquiring somebody like a Victor Oladipo and a guard heavy team, like you said, even with the exclusion of John Moran, who's out for the rest of the season. If Oladipo gets back on the court, it's still going to be kind of a log jam once he gets those minutes. And if he shows production, it's going to be kind of hard for him to find that groove, I can imagine. But you look at Steven Adams, I mean, it's a hole now that he's gone, whether he was there or going to play this season or not. Yeah, and Landon, I guess that's where I kind of land on this is uh, obviously Steven most likely was going to be out the, the remainder of this year. Uh, and no guarantee necessarily they were going to bring him back next year, but I'm it does feel like a, a void or a hole. Uh, he's a great locker room guy, it seems like, by all accounts. And I'm just real curious how that potentially gets replaced on Memphis because it's still a young team that, that really kind of needs those type of veteran leaders. Yeah, he's definitely that veteran leader, one of the best guys in the league when it comes to that. Obviously, he looks like an intimidating figure out there on the court, very menacing, but he's actually a very loving guy and a very good person to have in your locker room. And those are kind of hard to find in this day and age without the antics on the court. You can be an enforcer, but also can that carry over to the locker room, a la Draymond Green, not the best on the court, but can be a good guy for your locker room. In some cases, Steven Adams is good on and off and in the locker room. Obviously, the win-loss record is not great for Memphis, so uh, they're still kind of in the contention, I suppose, for a play-in possibility. Um, but does this almost feel like a little bit of a, a white flag wave? Just go ahead and start getting ready for next year. They do get to clear up uh, about $12.5 million of cap space with Adams now gone. I'm just curious if you think that they're going to still maybe try and make a run at this thing, or are we looking at maybe even more moves uh, for Memphis coming up here on the break in about a week? I think there's definitely room for some more moves uh, coming up with the trade deadline. But as far as the rest of the season goes, they're currently in around the ninth spot right now. So they would probably be in that play in. But maintaining that for the rest of the season is going to be interesting with all these players. Um, how much does a Desmond Bain contribute in terms of him carrying the offensive load for the rest of the season? Who's going to step up into those roles? We've seen Vince Williams play some really good basketball. So it's going to be interesting to see if they really do go all in and attempt to make a push or is this really just hey, we're going to experiment the rest of the season, pack it up, and let's see what next year holds. Landon Seacrest, you can find him at Seco underscore sports on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, doing some on-air work with Belmont women's basketball. Um, so he is well-versed in basketball, both at the collegiate and the professional levels. But as I said, wanted to try to get you on last week when the scoring flurry was going on. Um, and and we, we talked a little bit about that when I saw you Saturday night. But, I mean, Luca with a 73-point game last week. Um, Embiid with a big game. Who else had the big game the same night that Embiid did? Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, Cat. 
um, with with ten twos, ten threes, and ten free throws. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 that that's pretty amazing to me. It is you are way bigger an NBA best uh, fan than I am. Is that number there again? Ten twos, ten threes, and ten free throws. Is that as impactful as it feels like to me? It is. I don't really know. When you look at a player like Joel Embiid, the term now is really a foul baiter or a free throw merchant. And not a lot of NBA fans really like the players that get to the line a lot. We saw it with James Harden a couple of years ago when he went on the 50-point tear, the 60-point tear when he was with the Houston Rockets. A lot of fans don't really like the style of play that uh, Embiid plays. Me being one of them sometimes, I do acknowledge the fact that he is a great player and he can score in a multitude of ways, but getting to the free throw line and all of the flopping is something that I'm not a fan of. But in that 73 point game, I mean, he did give it to, in that 70 point game, he did give it to Victor Wimbenyama and Wimbenyama did fire back. So I, I think that was a good battle, but the free throws and getting to the line is an art, but it's not something that I necessarily want to watch. What are you looking for over this next few weeks? As you look at the NBA, wait a minute, before, before I ask you that, let me ask you this. Last night, the Lakers played at Boston. LeBron and AD did not play. There was a lot of uproar over it. And I think the final score was Lakers 115, Boston 104. You know, I guess maybe LA is a little vindicated by sitting their two stars out and still winning that ball game. But I mean, where do you, where does that come from? It's pretty interesting because as we were just talking about Joel Embiid, there was a big uproar about him not being on the injury report before a Denver game. And he didn't play in that Denver game in Denver against Nikola Jokic, which was a matchup everybody wanted to see. And he hasn't played in Denver for about five years or so. So, now that brings about the conversation of these stars are not playing when people are paying their hard-earned money, and then you get into the debate of you've got to meet that 65-game margin to qualify for an all-NBA team, and we see these stars and taking rest, and are they actually injured? But with that being said, the Lakers beat the Celtics last night, and the Celtics are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. So I think that can't be ignored. Landon, kind of uh, dovetailing off the question we had about the individual scoring, we've seen obviously some tremendous offensive outputs from teams as well. And I'm curious, is that a trend that's going to continue into the second half of the season beyond the all-star break in your mind? Or as we kind of uh, get closer toward the playoffs, is that number going to decline a little bit? Because it seems like the off one of two things, either the offenses are just at an all-time high or it seems like the defenses are kind of just – uh, taking a few nights off. So I'm curious your thoughts on where scoring as a team uh, or teams, I should say, kind of ends during the second half. I think teams are really going to start to lock in. Once we get back from the all-star break, you see teams kind of lock in on the playoffs and their seating and get more serious. I know it's kind of a playful time right up until the all-star break and then the all-star break, but I would probably say that we're not going to see as many 50, 40, 60, 70 point games and these 150, 140 uh, team scores down the stretch in the season. And then with that kind of being said, who are uh, who's maybe a team in the East? Who's maybe a team in the West 
that as we kind of tighten the screws a little bit in the second half of the season, you see them maybe making a push or, or, or even a team that could potentially fall in the second half in your mind? I would say in the East, probably looking at the New York Knicks, I mean, Jalen Brunson is definitely, I believe he had 40 points last night after being named an all-star reserve. He's definitely for real, and they have Julius Randle as well. I don't think they're going to get past that Bucks and Celtics threshold, but they're definitely going to be a riser in the East as much as they can rise. And then looking in the West, obviously Phoenix has the big three. That's a given. But when you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks, who is around the bottom half of that top eight or so, I think they can rise with Luka. And when Kyrie does get on the court and them together down the stretch. And I think just looking at those teams, looking at a Lakers team that hopefully they can figure it out if they don't continue to get overshadowed by the other team in L.A., which is the Clippers. And they're having a phenomenal season. I mean, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard are both all-stars. Russell Westbrook seemingly knows how to play basketball again. So it seems like the Clippers are coming together, and they're definitely a scary team that's up there towards the top. Landon, before we go, I'm going to ask you a question that I asked you last Saturday night. How can people not guard Luka Doncic? I think it's really the European players have a different style of play. And even the international players, I would I would put it to the international players. They have a different style of play. They handle the game in a different way, and it's kind of methodical, and it kind of throws you off. Obviously, I have never been an NBA defender, but I can tell that it throws the defenders off. You see Luka Doncic with his pace. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the quickest guy. And it seems like I can predict every time he's going to do a step back as a viewer watching a Dallas Mavericks game. But a defender cannot get to his spot and contest that shot because it's seemingly automatic for Luka. And he can drive past everyone and find his way to the rim. So it's just interesting to see someone like Luka Doncic, who isn't the most appealing physical specimen in the NBA, that he can just dominate offensively like this. He looks like the old guy at the Y. Yes, he does. It's, 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 it's uncanny. I mean, watch, watching the highlights from that 73-point game, it's like, how? Yeah. How? Anyway, Landon Seacrest, Spring Hill Multisport Standout. Joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Landon, appreciate your time, man. Keep cracking those books. We'll catch up with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Landon. When we come back here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, going to talk a little college athletics because there was a joint announcement made by two of the Power Four conferences earlier today, and it's certainly interesting. Stay tuned. Live under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night after night. Welcome to Smashville. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are here in the Lee Company studio, bringing you the weekend update here on this Friday. Groundhog Day. Yes, sir. Uh, what What did the groundhog see? Do I was know? hoping you could tell me that. I'm going to oh. have to defer. It sounds oh. like we're both having to defer. No, I, I have no idea. We'll have to look that up. We'll have to figure that out. But um, I can tell you what college athletics saw earlier today. An announcement out of Birmingham and I guess out of Indianapolis or wherever the Big Ten is headquartered. The Big Ten Conference and Southeastern Conference today announced the formation of a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and athletics directors to address the significant challenges facing college athletics and the opportunities for betterment of the student-athlete experience. 
there are similar cultural and social aspect impacts, I'm sorry, on our student athletes, our institutions, and our communities because of the new collegiate athletics environment, said SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. We do not have predetermined answers to the myriad questions facing us. We do not expect to agree on everything, but enhancing interaction between our conferences will help to focus efforts on common sense solutions. The Big Ten and the SEC have substantial investment in the NCAA, and there is no question that the voices of our two conferences are integral to governance and other reform efforts, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti said. We recognize the similarity in our circumstances as well as the urgency to address the common challenges we face. So what you're seeing here is the two premier conferences in college athletics kind of taking the lead in trying to bring the NCAA around on some things, which after this week's um, <laughs> yeah. events seems much needed. Yes, uh, you, you are exactly right. It's almost as if the two conferences uh, are getting together and says, you know what? Let us help you out uh, a little bit. I know you're supposed to help us out, but maybe we could uh, be of benefit to you. And uh, to me, this is really no surprise that the two premier conferences, as you just said, are taking the reins on this. And, and the question is, to me at least, is this a chance to work with and massage and kind of improve the current situation with the NCAA? Or are we trying to further and further that discussion of maybe a big four uh, or power four is not what we're really looking towards, but let, let's just us go ahead and start laying the groundwork for what potentially could be a, ultimately a power two mm -hmm. or uh, your major leagues or super league, however you want to phrase it. Article on The Athletic by Nicole Auerbach. The announcement essentially formalizes a collaborative relationship between the two leagues that has been growing ever since Commissioner Tony Petiti took over the Big Ten last year. Petiti and Sankey's leagues will represent 34 of the 134 FBS schools at the start of the 2024 football season. So, and again, to the point that we made during yesterday's show, 18 teams are accounting for 50% of Division I college football viewership. And of those 18 teams, 15 are from either the SEC or the Big Ten. So it draw seems, your own conclusions. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the conclusions to me are pretty clear. It seems like these two are recognizing the influence that they have and uh, maybe under the guise a little bit, so to speak, of, hey, you know, we're here to help. We're here to ensure, you know, uh, equal rights and fair play for all, uh, but low key under the scenes, we're just continually moving and gravitating uh, toward toward a kind of a super league here. And obviously, as a fan of a Big Ten school, and obviously we're in SEC country, um, that is kind of exciting in a, in a sense that at least you're not on the outside looking in potentially. But this just to me uh, does kind of seem like we're just continuing that conversation where, you know, maybe by the end of the decade, we're not, we're not talking about, but just two conferences in a, in a real big capacity here. And, and it's interesting because as Chris said, when we were discussing this, 
both you are a Big Ten fan, you are a Michigan fan. Obviously, we're SEC fans, but we are mid-major graduates, both Chris and I. And myself. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I mean, this this isn't a development that necessarily bodes well for our institutions. No, it does not. And, you know, that's we've seen this kind of dance going for the last couple of years in this game of musical chairs a little bit. And who's going to be uh, it almost felt like at first, who were the few schools that were going to get left out? Then it kind of is now shifted to which conferences are going to get left out and which conferences are going to get dissolved. Exactly. Which conferences will be a, a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. uh, so long Pac-12, uh, obviously, being the, the classic example yeah. there. Um, but it just seems like this thing is inevitable now. And now what we're seeing is the SEC and Big Ten kind of just like you've uh, referenced with the article there from The Athletic. Seems like we're just formalizing that collaboration. We might have been on uh, talking the same language over the phone, but now that we're in the same room potentially together, it seems like they're really kind of focusing that, their efforts uh, toward almost like a last man or last conference standing in this case. The advisory group will quote, engage with other constituencies as necessary. A pointed note, considering <laughs> the that. frustration many administrators in both leagues have expressed with the NCAA and its typically slow and reactive nature. However, Friday's announcement was not meant to be construed as the first step of a breakaway from the NCAA. So much of what these leagues do is tied to the national governing body and its services. So. Well, and that was also the, the question I had is how much of this is the SEC and Big Ten getting together uh, and saying, you know, do we really even need the NCAA? And it seems like at least on the surface level, they're they're saying the right things and they're following and towing the company line, as it were. Um, but I can certainly see some backroom dealings here. And it's like, you know, do we really even need this organization? They're, they're, and if you've got all the power schools uh of note, maybe in college football, especially, which obviously is driving this whole thing. Do you technically need what if just all those schools broke away and said, hey, we're doing our own thing? The ratings would play out. I think uh, they, they would tell all right. I yeah. mean, so it's, just, it's very interesting. The fact that it is for sure once and for all kind of formalized for the first time, really. The two conferences are the richest leagues in the country and deal with NIL and other issues at a level different from their peers. Sankey has long complained that the NCAA governs across too diverse a membership with the schools in the highest resource leagues needing to make more decisions for themselves, to your point. So this is yet another development that will bear watching. Um, I'd love to jump in, but I have no idea if anybody can hear me. So, well, but, you know, <laughs> if, we, if, if, we, if we knew, but I'm just going to keep my, my comments quiet because quiet, I don't know. Well, it's, it's unfortunate if you can't be heard, but. Would you um, like to send a raven and us uh, deliver a message from the producer's truck? Oh, I think we hear Mr. Buckle up. Uh, apparently, he apparently he can be heard. So I can be heard. He's so, ready. Well, that's right. fantastic. Well, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right, Wade, in that, you know, th this could be – that's exactly what's what they're they're looking into. They are, they are trying to figure out can we break away 
from college, if not athletics, at least football, and create our own sim. I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, developmental league, basically. And you know, if they are, does that mean that players still only have four years of eligibility? Quote. I, I don't know. I think that's that's really where this really gets into the weeds, and that's why they're doing this advisory. Is you know how what does it look like if we do this? And I, I think that's kind of you know that's kind of where we're at. And and to to be honest with you, when I first saw this, it's the college football playoff includes everybody. All 133 teams? 34. 34? Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Can't and forget Western Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Western Kentucky. Oh, well, I guess 134 next year with Kennesaw State, or is it 135 with Kennesaw State next year? I think it's 134 next year. Okay. So I, I was pretending Kennesaw State doesn't exist as a good Jacksonville State graduate would do. Come on. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, so what happens to those other 80? And that's the key, you know, because obviously here's the thing. Minnesota, and sorry, I don't mean offense, but it, it's the truth, you know, Rutgers, do they belong in a future, you know, place like that? Mm. Do they want to belong, Rutgers, with their academic standing? I mean, do, do they do they care? I can tell you as a state school, Minnesota wants to belong. Well, I know Minnesota does. I mean, Rutgers yeah. particularly, because they're private. They're mm-hmm. they're more academic than they are athletic. And, and, and I'm just... But there are a lot of schools that are going to have to ask that question of themselves. Arizona? They're out, right? <laughs> like They're like, no, we're good. Yeah, they're having trouble paying their bills. So. So, well, and so does it not shift then? Now we, we talk about schools leaving. We talked about conferences leaving or and or dissolving. Now does that discussion a few years from now turn back to the schools where the Big Ten and the SEC in this new league, whatever it may be, potentially ends up calling? Do you now do they reevaluate their own stock, and then a school that's maybe on the outside looking in, kind of like a Houston or some random school uh, that could potentially tap into a new market? Do we now shift that back toward the schools, and then those portfolios are kind of adjusted potentially? Yeah. Does does the college football playoff have two divisions? Per se, with promotion relegation, mm. op, uh, you know, op, options. Is this something that can be a football only endeavor? Well, the problem with that is, well, one, I don't, I'm cutting you off. Um, the NCAA administers the basketball tournament, the basketball championship for Division One. Right. They don't for football. Correct. Um, the college so, I mean, maybe that is, is the break point, is football only. But it, it just... The question, is, the question is this. The question is, where does the football money go? Does the football money go to just the football programs? Because if so, then everybody else is kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. As we saw with Ole Miss and LSU's you know, books being leaked out last week. Yep. Everybody loses money except football, pretty much. I mean, men's basketball brings in maybe a million or two, but not enough to pay for everybody else. So there's th- that's your biggest issue. 
And yeah, and that's the question that uh, schools and obviously folks that get paid a lot more money than we do. Uh, is the much. is the move away potentially? You know, we're trying to forecast six, seven steps ahead here. Mm-hmm. Is breaking away from the NCAA if you can do football only? Is that an option like we've discussed? Is that the best option, or is there that safety net that that encompasses all the other sports? Uh, and I, I'm not sure. You know, obviously, what what would the NCAA say or think if? Uh, you mean you want to break away from us for football, but oh, you, you want to come back to us for all these other sports? Well, maybe we don't want you back type situation. So, so there's a lot of moving parts of this whole thing. Um, but it does seem like it's taken one more step closer now toward inevitability with this announcement today. Absolutely. And it's not going away, and we're going to be continuing to discuss it. So let's plan to do so. <laughs> when we come back here on Main Street Sports today, though, we're going to shift to the pros and bring in Terry McCormick for his top of the hour Titans report. So stay with us. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Hour two of the weekend update here on this Friday afternoon. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Wade Neely. Chris Yao is kind of coming in and out as he so chooses because he's got all the buttons so he can do that. But um, right now we are going to visit with Titan Insider Terry McCormick for his top of the hour Titan report powered by Zen Sports. Terry, good afternoon. How are you guys? It is your daily Titans report and it's powered as always by Zen Sports. And guys, there have been quite a few moves since we talked yesterday, including one that's uh, pretty big. big. Yeah, you know, we we talked a couple of days ago about are they moving too slowly? Well, I don't think they can be accused of that anymore. No, definitely not. And the news that uh, Brian Callahan is going to be hiring his father, Bill Callahan, to be the uh, new offensive line coach has been met with uh, 
pretty much unilateral praise, shall we say. Just haven't seen anybody maybe outside of Cleveland that has said that this is not a good move. So uh, I think I would, uh, I would, I would go a step further. I would say that even the people in Cleveland think this is a good move. I mean, they obviously know that they're going to miss a guy, Bill Callahan's talents, but you know, to their credit, they couldn't stand in the way of a guy going to work for his son. Yeah. And this is the first time in NFL history that something like this has happened. Now we've had sons work for fathers because Kyle Shanahan was on Mike Shanahan's staff. Wade Phillips was on Bum Phillips's staff way back in the day. There've been several instances of that, but this I think is the first time that uh, father has ever worked for son in an NFL setting. So uh, certainly uh, something to be uh, cheered by Titans fans uh, in terms of uh, everything that goes on. And you're bringing up uh, Monty Kiffin. He, did he work? Was he on? I don't know. Was he on uh, Lane's Oakland staff? I, can't I don't know if he was actually on his Oakland staff. Yeah. I think he helped at Tennessee, but I don't know that he yeah. was yeah. with him at Oakland. I, I didn't know. But yeah. it was the only, it was the yeah. only time I could think of that, could, that it could have been possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I remember being on uh, Lane's Tennessee staff, but I didn't remember whether or not he was on Oakland because he was mainly Monty Kiffin was mainly known for uh, having a big hand in the Tampa two with Tony Dungy and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah. Um, the latest move, Terry, and and I think you might have alluded to this. Nick Holes seems to be on deck as the new offensive coordinator. Had been at the Raiders most recently. Is that right? No, no, no. It had been at the Jaguars most recently, but it had also been with the Raiders. And uh, Bill Callahan gave him his start uh, when he was a low-level grad assistant, I guess it was, on the Nebraska staff way back when. And then Nick Holes, it, good to, it's it's good idea to stay in contact with good people because uh, Nick Holes went to high school with Brian Callahan. Mose, or anybody from Franklin High School, class of 81, 82, whatever it was, anybody you still stay in touch with that maybe can uh, be a reference down the line? As a matter of fact, I do. The, I, one, of my, one of my biggest sounding boards is, is a fellow 82 graduate of Franklin. So, um, yeah, we, we, we stay in touch professionally and personally. And it, like you said, it's always good to know people. So um, this is, this is, the, there will definitely be some chemistry there between Brian Callahan and Nick Holtz. It, it's interesting. Again, you go from not having any assistance to boom, 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 from Denard Wilson to Tyke Tolbert to Bill Callahan to Nick Holtz in less than 48 hours, basically. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting. It's going to see. It's going to be interesting, too, to see what the rest of this staff is filled out and looks like, like who the special teams coordinator is going to be, is going to be, who's going to coach linebackers, DBs, defensive line. A lot of them, other than wide receivers, we really don't have any of the position coaches yet. So lots of position coaches on both sides of the ball. And then sometimes, you know, teams will have an assistant position coach to go with that uh, position coach. You know, the Titans for years have had a second uh, offensive line coach be an assistant, and they've had uh, assistant DBs coaches and linebackers coaches and everything. So there's still quite a few uh, openings on Brian Callahan's staff. It'll be interesting to see 
uh, how soon and what he does to fill a lot of those positions. But certainly things are trickling in, as you as you mentioned. As Chris was saying, we, we know who won't be coaching the defensive line as Terrell Williams apparently has taken a position on the Detroit Lions staff as defensive run game coordinator and defensive line coach there. And shoot, certainly can't fault him for that. No, certainly can't because, I mean, that's a chance to uh, maybe play for a Super Bowl because the Lions got to the NFC Championship. And I think that most people felt like they were probably a year away from maximizing what they could do. Certainly had their opportunity had they been able to hold that lead against the 49ers. But uh, we won't go down that path too far. No, and no. Like, I, like I told you, if the, 49, if the Lions are looking – for somebody to add to their defensive front, Danico Autry would make an awful lot of sense if he's not retained here in Tennessee. And they're really, other than the players he played with the last couple of years, there wouldn't be a reason for Danico to stick around here unless he just wants to, you know? Yeah. Terry, uh, it's kind of uh, refreshing, at least to me, to see some positivity in the news nationally, at least in regards to the Titans with uh, the Callahan hire. And I'm just sitting here. Uh, you, were, I was f filling in last Friday, and there was still a lot of uncertainty. We had just wrapped up uh, Bryant's press conference, and w here we are a week later. It seems like the Titans, for a move in re regards to letting go of Rabel just a couple of weeks ago, seems like the Titans have really picked up the pieces at least public perception-wise, in very short order and uh, glowingly across the league, it seems like, by most accounts. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, it does seem like that uh, a lot of these hires have been met with uh, a great amount of uh, kudos and uh, a great amount of attaboys and things like that that go along, uh, you know, whenever hires are made and people are looking to, uh, you know, spin it one way or the other. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing this offseason, and I realize that, you know, getting Bill Callahan and in place as the offensive line coach, but the biggest thing, though, is going to be upgrading the talent on this roster. And I think that that is something that is going to happen a lot in free agency and the draft. I think that is where, you know, the Titans need to generate the most excitement. Uh, you know, you could hire Ted Williams as hitting coach, but he's not going to he's not going to make a 300 hitter out of Mario Mendoza. So, you know, it, it so Bill Callahan is a great coach and he will get the most out of the offensive lineman that he's presented. But he's still going to have to have some pieces to work with, uh, probably better than a lot of what they had to use this year. Absolutely. And uh, final point on Bill coming in. Can you just put into context how huge of an acquisition this is for a unit that was so uh, woeful the last couple of seasons to have even just the base talent that they have in place right now to bring in a guy like this? Uh, I was just reading the stories last night. It just seems like it's like I saw the term grand slam to go with the baseball uh, analogy there. Grand slam was just used over and over in regards to this particular hire. Yeah. And I think that you know, Callahan has a reputation of being one of the best offensive line coaches in the league along the lines of the way Mike Munchak was, the way Russ Grimm was. Both those guys have been here. The way that uh, you hear of Jeff Stoutland up in Philadelphia being a guy who's a great offensive line coach. And, you know, those guys do seem to have a knack for getting the most out of the players that they're dealt. And I think that was readily evident because the Browns, I think, lost 
both starting tackles. Mm-hmm. I think they were actually on tackles four and five by the end of the year in terms of, uh, you know, having to deal with injuries and losing guys, but they were still able to keep it together, still able to, uh, you know, put it together for a playoff run. And, you know, when you're doing that with backup offensive linemen, and let's let's be honest here, the Titans had a lot of backup caliber offensive linemen on the field last year, even, even though some of them were anointed as starters out of the gate. Uh, you know, so – it is, a, you know, while he might not turn them into all pros, maybe he can at least get some of these guys uh, up to NFL standards where they can be used. Yeah. Go ahead, Wade. You you had another. No, and I was ju- I was just getting ready to say that yeah, you can take a uh, a unit that potentially grades almost of an F, uh, and if you bring it up to a C, I mean. Right there, then who knows what that does uh, for your quarterback development, for your uh, running game now that poten- if potentially Henry is gone. So I'm just – I was just blown away but to see, and I was also just shocked that it worked out so well. Do you think this hire uh, – obviously it was speculated from the jump when hiring Brian, but do you think this was uh, almost written into a sort of a package deal from the jump? I know there were some complications with his contract in Cleveland. How much of this was – hopeful and how much of this was almost uh, kind of a done deal from the jump well i don't know how much of it could be considered a truly done deal with him being under contract to cleveland but i do think that it was something that was probably brought up in the discussion something that uh, you know was probably uh, broached uh, when they when brian callahan had his conversations with uh, Rand carthon and uh, with amy adams strunk and all the other people who were on the uh, search committee to find a new head coach. So I think that, you know, that possibility was probably always hanging out there, even if they couldn't officially say, yes, he's going to, my dad's coming to coach the offensive line, because as we know, that would have been tampering. Right. Terry McCormick, the Titan insider, with his top of the hour Titan report here on Main Street Sports Today. Terry, we appreciate it. Tell us about Zen Sports. It's a new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. We thrive under the lights. The city of performers. Putting on one heck of a show. Headlining night 
after night. Welcome to Smashville. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. As we continue with this weekend update, I'm Maurice Patton, that's Wade Neely, and joining us now is Lexington Herald, easy for me to say, Lexington Herald leaders John Clay. There's a little bit of a big game at Rupp Arena tomorrow night as number five Tennessee visits number 10 Kentucky and both in a little bit of an odd position coming off of losses earlier this week. John, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, um, again, both Tennessee and Kentucky coming off of losses this week. Tennessee falling at home to South Carolina. Kentucky falling in Gainesville in overtime. Uh, does that change what you expect out of this ballgame tomorrow night? Actually, the Kentucky game was in Lexington. Maurice Ari, they played him in Gainesville earlier. It was actually the SEC opener. They lost by, they won that game by two points, but then turned around in Florida, beat them on, uh, yeah, on Wednesday night, they were up. So, yeah, so you got two teams both coming off home losses. Uh, Tennessee five and two in the league, Kentucky's five and three in the league. So, you know, uh, Kentucky definitely in a spot where, you know, they, don't want to lose two games back to back at home and also take that fourth conference loss. So it's a obviously a big game for both teams. Um, again, Kentucky puts up 91 in that three point loss at home. So, you know, where, where did you feel like that got away from them? What do you feel like they've got to shore up as they get ready for this game Saturday? Yeah, well, they had, they had a couple of problems in the Florida game. One is the injuries. They were without D.J. Wagner. The two games where uh, D.J. Wagner, their freshman point guard, has not played in this year, they lost both those games. They lost to UNC Wilmington back in the non-conference part of the schedule, and then he was unavailable on the other night with an ankle injury. think he's going to be able to play on Saturday, but we don't know for sure. And then also Justin Edwards, who had suffered a leg injury before the Arkansas game, another starter, a freshman starter, uh, did play some against Arkansas, but was unable to go against uh, Tennessee uh, against Florida. So they're 
hoping to get him back. But the other problem, probably the main problem, is this team has not been a really good offensive team, a very entertaining team to watch, but they've not been a good defensive team this year. I think they rank 74th now in uh, Ken Pomeroy's adjusted defensive efficiency, and that was the problem the other night. Uh, Walter Clayton from uh, uh, Florida had seven three-pointers, including the three-pointer, where they ended up getting open with three seconds left to send the game to overtime. Uh, and Florida hit some, just hit some big shots uh, in that game. Same thing when the week before when they lost at South Carolina. South Carolina made a bunch of threes, and a lot of those were open threes. And uh, so that's been a continuing problem with this Kentucky team. They just haven't been able to get it done defensively, especially when you consider that a lot of John Calipari's best teams in Kentucky were really good defensive teams. So up to this point with this team, they've been trying to outscore everybody, and that hasn't always worked. So that poses a little bit of a problem theoretically because Tennessee, typically a defensive team over Rick Barnes's tenure, has figured out how to score. Last, you know, Tuesday, right. Tuesday night's 59 point performance notwithstanding. But I mean, on a on a consistent basis, they have probably scored better this year in conference play than they had to this point. So right. again, and they can knock down some threes. So, again, an, another potential problem for Kentucky tomorrow night. Right. Didn't Tennessee score 91 points on Alabama when they beat Alabama 91-71? Obviously, Dalton Connect, you know, is definitely a problem for a team that doesn't play, uh, you know, good defense. I think Connect's got like 191 points over his last six games. Uh, I watched that Tennessee-South Carolina game the other night, and, I, you know, I wasn't totally surprised because I saw South Carolina beat Kentucky and Columbia, but I was surprised at the number of shots that Tennessee missed around the rim in that game. And I'm not sure Kentucky can count on that on Saturday, but you're right. I mean, it's a definite problem, uh, especially when you get a player like Connect and Tennessee has length and size for uh, Kentucky uh, defensively. And the other thing is Cal said the other night, like, for example, you know, injuries were obviously a factor the other night. Reed Shepard played 45 minutes in that game. He play, he didn't he was not subbed the entire game. Kentucky's freshman guard. He also played the point the whole game, which is not what he's used to doing with DJ Wagner in there. And at the end of the regulation, Reed and Reed took the blame for this after the game. He got caught inside trying to help on help defense, which ended up leaving Clayton open for the three. So you know, mistakes like that, which was a freshman mistake, they can't make, especially against a more a veteran team, especially a more veteran team. You know. This is what Viscovi's got to be like his tenth year at Tennessee, yeah. right? And then you got you got all those other guys, Ziegler, James, all those veteran guys. So it's a tough matchup for Kentucky on Saturday. Uh, but you know, I think Kentucky probably poses some problems for Tennessee as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, obviously the game, John, will uh, play itself out tomorrow. But um, coming out of this weekend, uh, say there is a loss to Tennessee, which under any other given circumstances, a top five, top 10 team, a, a loss is not necessarily the end of the world, but we obviously know Kentucky a little bit different equation. Take the rabid Kentucky fan uh, meter out of the equation. Where does the panic level sit if Tennessee were to go into Rupp and get a win on Saturday for this Kentucky program out of this weekend? Well, they, they panic over a close win, much less a right. loss. So, uh, yeah, they, they've as close been to rational as we could get, I suppose. Right, uh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, Cal said the other night, we'll be fine. You know, Cal likes to say that we'll be fine. We just got to we just got to get a full roster. We need to fix some things. But obviously, two losses at home, uh, two conference losses at home. Your fourth conference loss is like they're two and three in quad one game. So they need, you know, they, they need to up their resume. They need some wins against some good teams. 
to help their resume. But the big thing, like they keep going back to, is defense. They got to get better on defense. They play better at Arkansas on defense. I think they went from like 95th to 70th and uh, mm-hmm. adjusted in defense. But Arkansas at that time, uh, you know, a lot of struggles at that time. That loss wrapped Arkansas to one and six. Florida, good offensive team. They play the same pace that Kentucky likes to play. That's going to be an interesting thing to me on Saturday. Arkansas, South Carolina and Arkansas both tried to slow the game down on Kentucky, not let them get out on the fast break, make them work, make them work more of the shot clock. And Kentucky didn't respond too well, really, in either game. And uh, they weren't, a, they were not exactly an offensive juggernaut against Arkansas either. That's not Florida's style under Ty Gold. They want to get up and down the floor like Kentucky does. And so Kentucky played better offensively. Defense hurt them. It'll be interesting to see how Rick Barnes plays it tomorrow night with Tennessee. As you guys mentioned, they're a higher scoring team than they've been in the past. But, you know, as you also mentioned, Rick has good defensive teams that like to play lockdown defense. So I'll be interested to see what kind of tempo we end up seeing uh, on Saturday night. John, also, uh, we've talked a lot about Dalton connecting. Uh, I got to see him in person last weekend, and, and what a phenomenal player. But some chatter now kind of floating around. If he wins, you know, your league player of the year, uh, how much of a slam dunk or how much of a conversation are we having about this guy being your national player of the year? I think he should, I think he should definitely be in the conversation. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play in person on Saturday. I mean, I've been really impressed with what I've seen. I mean, he's such he's got such a great offensive mentality. You know, the length he has, it, I know he's 6'6", but he seems to have a lot of length. You know, uh, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. But, yeah, I think he definitely – the points that he's putting up in this league, I mean, this is a strong league. It's ranked mm-hmm. either two or three, depending on which one of the analytics you want to look at uh, behind the Big 12 uh, and maybe the Big East. You know, this is a tough league. And for him to be putting up those kinds of numbers in this league is very impressive. So, yeah, I, th- I definitely think he has to – uh, like you say, I think right now he's a slam dunk to be the SEC player of the year, and I think he definitely should be among those handful of players that you would consider for national player of the year. John Clay of the Lexington Herald Leader joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. You can find him on X or on Twitter at John Clay IV. John, before I let you go, just want to ask you, as you look through these SEC standings right now and you look and see Tennessee at, at fourth, and Kentucky tied for fifth, does that just kind of speak to the parity in this league right now? Um, Because they're the number five and the number 10 teams in the country, but they're fourth and fifth in their conference. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it has to speak to the parity in the league. I mean, Alabama played a really tough non-conference schedule and look and uh, took some losses, but now look, they're seven and one in the conference. I think it also leads some to the schedule and the teams that they play. South Carolina is obviously the surprise team. Both Tennessee and Kentucky have played South Carolina. Other teams haven't played South Carolina yet, so we'll see how that shakes out. But I, does think, I do think it speaks to the strength of the conference. You look at what Chris Beard has done at Ole Miss. I mean, Golden now has Florida with that win the other night. They're five and three in the league. Uh, you know, this is a league, if you look at Joe Lenardi, he's going to get, has a good chance of getting seven or eight teams into the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I mean, I think overall it's been a very, it's a strong year for the league. You've got some really good coaches bringing Chris Beard into the league. I think obviously helps, helps that as well. I mean, look at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, you know, they beat Tennessee and they beat Auburn. And I think there's something like three and four in the league. So, yeah, I think it's a really strong league this year. Absolutely. John, we appreciate you taking some time with us, man. Enjoy that game tomorrow night. Sure will. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. All right. 
when we come back here on Main Street Sports today, we're going to um, kind of grab bag it a little bit because there's a few things that we need to get to in the runner show. Well, I'm not going to read it. But anyway, we'll be right back after this. Yeah. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. That's Wade Neely. I'm Maurice Patton. Chris Yao off camera until he turns the camera on. See, no one man now, should have all now, that power. Now he's on camera. Yep. See? No, no, no rhyme or reason, no warning, no nothing. Now he's off camera. See? He's just playing make, with He makes us. me a little nervous having all that control. You never know what that, you're going to get. That, that is a lot of control for one person, especially one Chris Yao. Um, as we continue getting you ready for the weekend, we need to also catch you up because 
a story that we talked a lot about last spring has come to a bit of a conclusion, I guess, down in Tuscaloosa. Five five pounds of that ten pound that that ten pounds of potato or twenty pounds of potatoes that we've been trying to fit. Yeah, yeah, is we we are finally getting some French fries made of this. As speaking of fried, former Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon. Mm. Yeah, this guy got a Super Bowl tip. <sighs> I don't know what he's got, but I do know he does have a 15-year show cause from the NCAA oh, for, wow. for giving out um, information regarding the availability of one of his players to a better, who then placed a bet. No, 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 he didn't. Placed some bet? Oh, tried to place a bet. He tried to place a bet, and they said, well, we have a $15,000 limit on, on bets mm. for college baseball. And he said, but you don't understand. It's a guaranteed win. And they said, sorry, we don't have, we have a $15,000 limit. He said, but look at my phone. Yes. And then when he obviously showed him, showed them his phone, they are obligated to report it. And voila, voila, here we are. Good. Look, why not just place the $15,000 bet? And go somewhere else. And place or another. Zen Sports perhaps. Whatever. Any number of places. I Quite mean, literally anywhere. Yeah. I mean, if there's a $15,000 limit, just bet the limit. <laughs> and shut up. <laughs> That's not exactly what I would have said, but okay. <laughs> there may have been other words involved. <laughs> yeah, there may have been other words involved. And Brad Bohannon probably said other words. Oh, You yeah. did what? You, you huh? Yep. Apparently, the NCAA was already looking in the Bohannon note. Like they, they, they suspected him, had no proof, and then this was the proof they needed. Mm. Icing on the cake, as it were. Yeah. On what top of the evidence against Bohannon, according to a story on CBSSports.com, the NCAA says another factor in its ruling was that the former Alabama coach refused to cooperate in the investigation. That led to a harsher penalty. Which the NCAA announced on Thursday. Yeah, because not only did he get a 15-year show calls, if somebody does hire him, they got to pay him for five years before he can step foot on the field. Is it five or three? Five. That's well, what I saw. I'm looking at three years of probation. No probation. You're oh. talking. I, there's a five-year suspension followed by three years of probation. I'm not seeing the five-year probation. Oh, yeah. Um, a five-year suspension. Oh. There is a five-year suspension on top of everything else. So if you hire him, he has to sit for five years before he can step foot on the field. you got to have some big baseball problems to, so, think, to think about uh, hiring a that. guy that you can't. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At the, at the collegiate level. He can go sure. coach at Plainview. Where they can talk about show causes all day long. In shades Rain, of uh, in Rainsville, Alabama. <laughs> I was going to say shades of Donnie Tyndall in terms of the length of the show calls there. Uh, I don't just ten think, years for Donnie, think, yeah, but yeah, yeah, fifteen. Mercy. During the show call, during the show calls order, any employing member institution shall restrict Bohannon from any athletically related position. Okay, here we go. If Bohannon becomes employed during the show calls period. He shall be suspended for 100% of the baseball regular season for the first five years of his employment. That's insane. So clearly, <laughs> as you said, 
He's done. Done. Dunzo. Mm. D-U-N done. What an idiot. Well, Which it's not. He's. I mean, they suspected him, but like, okay, it's his buddy who screwed this up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Attempted to place a one hundred thousand dollar bet on LSU, and yeah, Cincinnati Sportsbook said fifteen thousand. Oh. If it's that much of a sure thing, you were just going to stop at a hundred thousand, though. Right. <laughs> just if it's that much of a sure thing, bet the fifteen and yeah. keep it moving. Take what you can get. But how do you? What makes you show them the text? That's what, what's crazy. What is that? Because he was so adamant. He said, no, you don't understand. This is an absolute, this is a guaranteed No, you winner. don't understand. $15,000 limit. <laughs> but here's the thing. They don't want it to be a winner. You're, right. You're telling the people that it's a guaranteed winner who don't want you to win. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. They ain't for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> And, and at the end of everything, uh, and I forget the exact wager in terms of you know what was placed or attempted to be placed. Nothing is ever a guaranteed. guaranteed. Uh, that is true. Um, there were quite a few folks that were salty, uh, probably betting on Aaron Rodgers and his passing props. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Imagine you had an over five yards passing prop on Aaron Rodgers uh, in Week One, Goodness. and yeah, guess what? It's a loss. So. Could it have been as close to a guarantee as possible? Absolutely. Uh, so much so that it looks like $100,000 worth, but uh, limited to fifteen. And uh, and like, oh, man, come on. We got the info. Let's not. And there, there are ways to go around that. He could have gone to different places. To Obviously, that's way more inconvenient than probably this gentleman was uh, uh, into. He, he, he just assuming. wanted to get his 100000 from one place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, mm, like mm. that. That's the thing is, why are you why are you placing a, a physical bet? Did he just happen to be at at, at GAP and he know. couldn't get on the internet? I I don't know because oh, sports betting is legal in Ohio. Clearly, you couldn't get on FanDuel or Zen Sports or DraftKings or anything, anything. else. Anything. Which I know that not everybody accepts college baseball bets. Not not, not all of the, the online. But but some of them do. Well, and uh, obviously. And if, you, and if you typically bet on college baseball, you would think you would know which ones do and don't. And obviously he kind of, as we've discussed, played himself here in a sense. But anytime that amount of money comes in on that niche of a market, that's going to set off alarm bells oh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, if you're already getting limited fifteen grand, um, how, what what do you think the, the alarm bells would have looked like on a hundred grand? This is and that and that gentleman faces federal charges, obviously, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> including obstructing federal uh, investigation, destroying ever evidence, tampering with witnesses, false statements to the you're, you're talking about the the better. Yes, the better. And Brad Bohannon says good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think still, you think it's, I mean, they were uh, friends through Whoa. youth baseball, Whoa. right? That's what I'm saying. That was where I was going with that. How close of a relationship do you think they got together and hung out uh, during Christmas and celebrated together? Or I didn't hear anything about yeah. assault. I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, those two are on exactly speaking terms, mm, uh, whether it's from a penitentiary or not. Uh, That's amazing. Fifteen years, and he's, so he's uh, done. Yeah, he's done. Um, but could coach at a, a smaller level 
Yeah, kind of like we saw with Bliss, obviously, at, at uh, Baylor back in the day as well, eventually coaching mm. after that horrific scandal. There. Okay, so yeah. the next question becomes, why would you hire him? Well, that, and that was the question. Uh, well, when, you can't bet on NAI games, I don't guess. This gentleman probably could find a way to do so, but yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I, I know people who bet on high school games. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you can't do it online or at a sports book. So, Not any uh, reputable place. Right. Uh, well, clearly he wasn't trying to do it online anyway. No, exactly. Oh. <laughs> so those, Yeah, betting on an NAI game, that's when uh, Tony – who's got a, a couple of baseball bats right. themselves. If you don't uh, come up with the undergrand, Tony appears in a shadowy uh, corner one night. <laughs> yep. and those are the types of places you have to go for those wages. And he's swinging at you. So, I mean, hey, you could, you could conceivably hire him to coach. And, and, and look, he's, he's clearly a, he's clearly a talented enough coach to coach in the SEC and had Alabama rolling, by the way, they rolled way better after he was gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Because he wasn't shaving points anymore, <laughs> apparently, or or scratching pitchers who may or may not have been healthy, we don't know. But he clearly was good enough to get the job in the Southeastern Conference. So you have to think at you know, at some level he's a pretty good baseball coach. So some high school's going to hire him, or if not NAI mm-hmm. or NJCA, you know you got a junior college options. I mean there 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 are places to end up. But, I, I mean, is he facing federal charges? I don't know. But to wrap this up, the next question there is, if you have coached in the Southeastern Conference, do you really want to go coach at Shelton State? I mean, if they're going to pay me money, because what else? I mean, a- unless you're going to go, you know, get to the financial sector or something, be a financial planner or something, I don't know. You definitely don't want to go coach at, you know, Columbia Central or Plainview, you know, I mean, you just, that's, is Shelton State better? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> to get to hey, the, um, go ahead. I, I was going to say, to get to the salary that he was making in Alabama, I'm just having to yeah. do the math in my head. That's a lot of uh, double or nothings you're going to have to put down on sports books <laughs> to uh, try and make your salary back. Uh, yeah. Sorry, that was, I had to. Uh, second favorite team at the Major League Baseball level of the folks in this room, probably the Milwaukee Brewers made a trade yesterday, sending Corbin Burns to the Orioles in exchange for a competitive round, uh, I'm sorry, competitive balance round a pick in 2024. The 34th overall. 34th overall pick in the 2024 draft. Infielder Joey, Joey Ortiz and left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall. Um, as if trading Burns wasn't bad enough for the Brewers to make room on the 40-man roster for Hall and Ortiz. Former Lexington High School standout, former Mississippi State standout, and current Spring Hill resident Ethan Small, ex-Nashville Sound, now ex Nashville Sound, mm-hmm. was designated for assignment. I don't understand really what Milwaukee is doing, and neither do a lot of the folks that follow Adam McKelvey, who covers the Brewers for MLB.com, because earlier this week or late last week, they just signed first baseman Reese Hoskins, who's coming off of um, 
knee knee surgery that mm-hmm. cost him the 23 season with Philadelphia after his oh so famous bat slam following his home run against the Braves in the 22 playoffs. I don't know that the slam and the knee injury are related, but maybe. Anyway, bottom line, I don't know what the Brewers are doing. The unfortunate part of this situation is if you're a Brewers fan, not only you have no idea are we competing or not. Well, and, and, and that's the, not a great place to be. No, it's no. not a great place to As be. As a fan. And, and right. here's the thing. I think the Brewers with Corbin Burns were in the same place that the Braves and Max Freed are. Mm-hmm. Burns was in his walk or going into his walk year this year, I believe. I guess Milwaukee decided they weren't going to be able to re-sign him and get something for him. We've had that conversation. We've had that conversation with people that know more than us about the Braves. You know, do you trade Max Freed? You know, Grant McCauley said, if you trade Max Freed, you got to replace Max Freed. Um, I don't know how Milwaukee necessarily goes about replacing Corbin Burns. Well, unless Robert Gaster is ready, ready to go. But if that's the get, what are you doing? Gassed up. I mean, and Jansen Junk. But I don't understand the Ethan Small move. I mean, they they liked him enough, unless he just didn't have any options left. He does have an option left. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I got nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. As a somewhat of a lay person in this scenario, what does this do now for the Orioles, who had such a great run last year? Talk about feeling confident. Talk mm-hmm. about um, maybe not knowing where you stand now. If you're an Orioles fan, you you can reach out and almost touch that trophy. And we're just uh, two days into February here. And, and in a division where you've got the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays, and the Rays. You need every arm you can get, probably. So, like you said, Baltimore feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Um, And now you feel like the Astros are probably on the decline. You know, they're not they're not getting back to the World Series every single. You know, you feel like you've got a real a real shot. I don't know. Don't know what the odds were uh, prior to the trade, but as it sits right now, Baltimore listed at thirteen to one uh, for your World Series winner. Dodgers. Three and a half to one, your favorite Braves right on their heels at five to one. Houston, eight to one. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Dodgers are what? Dodgers are three and a half to one. Braves are what? Five to one. How? Per who? Uh, a sports book online. Okay. <laughs> not Zen Sports. Not Zen Sports. I'll yeah, tell you that. Had, much. Which we've already. Yeah, But so the point where I'm going with this, Dodgers and Atlanta pretty much the same. Houston right off the cusp. but uh, And again, don't know the total that uh, Baltimore had prior to yesterday, but 13 to 1. But they're still trailing the Yankees, although not by much. Yankees are listed at 10 to 1. So, so that are, gap is so presumably has, number two in the East. Yeah, at least based on betting odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Blue Jays fall off. They're the third team, but they're listed at 22 to 1. So at least Vegas is kind of forecasting Yankees and Baltimore pretty much neck and neck, and then Toronto kind of sitting there in a solid but distant third. Solid Um, but distant third. I like that. While we're – thank you. That that kind of just snuck up on me there. And while we're uh, glancing here, I'll attempt to hunt for Milwaukee. Milwaukee listed at 90 to 1. 
So if you put uh, and the, and your fifteen thousand dollar max from uh, that we just <laughs> mentioned a moment ago, that's a hefty chunk of change <laughs> right there. Payday. I don't know if that's that limit exists for MLB betting, but yeah, Milwaukee made the playoffs last year, right? That's why I don't understand what's going on. Oh, well. Unless it's just a salary dump. and Or they're, they're just saying, look, you know, we're not going to have Burns next year. Get what we can get. Let's go get a first rounder. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, couple of losses in the college sports hey, world. Before we go to that, hmm? the Atlanta Braves signed to a minor league deal to oh. Kenton Giles. Mm-hmm. And invited him to spring training. 115 saves in his career, 271 ERA, 246 FIP, and a 33% K rate. But he's has been, been with pretty, the Blue. He's been with the Blue Jays and the Phillies, among others, right? And has been pretty average pedestrian over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's. I, I, I hesitate to say this name in here, but Kirby Yates feels like almost just another. <laughs> But, you know, I mean... But it's it's low-risk, high-reward. Yeah, and throw enough arms against the wall, and some arms are bound to stick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're going to make it a competitive spring training. Yeah, so, exactly. it's, it's, it's an interesting signing. Again, a couple of um, tragic losses in the college athletic space yesterday. Um, former Florida State baseball coach Mike Martin passed away. And... Former Auburn receiver Terry Beasley passed away. And Chris, you brought the latter to our attention yesterday evening. If not uh, if not for Terry Beasley, does Pat Sullivan win the Heisman? That's the real question. A lot of folks are taking no. <laughs> and um, Mike Martin, 11, as they refer to him, had Florida State in the NCAAs pretty much every year he was there. So um, condolences to 2029 career victories. That's that's solid. Yeah. Condolences to the Florida State and the Auburn athletic communities on those losses. Um, When we come back here on Main Street Sports today, we're going to look ahead at a couple of things over this weekend. So come back with us. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. 
Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome in for the final segment of the week here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. That's Wade Neely. And if you're looking for something to do, somewhere to go tomorrow, First Horizon Park will be hosting a new off-season event, the Soundcheck Fan Fest. It highlights the annual holiday bundle, which also includes six game tickets, a hat, and, and I guess this was initiated prior to the Christmas holiday because it includes a holiday ornament. I guess that's the holiday bundle. That's not necessarily the fan fest. But um, the Soundcheck Fan Fest will allow fans to meet with sounds players, both present and former. Well, featuring family-friendly entertainment, food trucks, easy. and live music. Um, so this should be fun. Even if what are, will, will there be future sounds players there, as in this guy? Is that not amazing? You know, if that guy is there dealing, I'm not sign, stepping in the box. I, number one, I'm not getting in the box. Number two, sign me up to watch somebody. Uh, I mean, right? In the box. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You 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 need to explain that probably so for the uninitiated. This photo here. I don't have the original. Well, yeah, dude, hold on. That's unfortunate. This is the this is the original from the Pro Bowl games. <laughs> Again, for the uninitiated, that's Derrick Henry, the only Titans representative at the Pro Bowl games playing dodgeball last night. And the camera lost. It appears. <laughs> oh, unless the camera was awfully quick. So if you see that coming at you, what do you do? The Nashville Sounds say, sign him on the spot. 
Sign him up. He's that's a pretty imposing look right there. There's no doubt there. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was yeah. It, it'll be interesting. Is that a two seamer? <laughs> it's what it looks like. It looks like it's coming at you with a little movement, a little little tail. I no. believe that was my our guy uh, at the Titans, Donald Page. Uh, you know, it's fun to see the photographers. Sometimes they do want to go. Sometimes they don't want to go. Maybe you don't want to go this year because you only got one rep, and it, you know morale may be a little down. But when you get a shot like that, it's worth going. And you get to go viral. Yeah, it makes it worth it. So shout out to our guy Donald. Absolutely. So again, the Soundcheck Fan Fest tomorrow at First Horizon Park. Single game tickets for the upcoming season will also go on sale Saturday, beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. Tickets can be purchased online at the First Horizon Park ticket office or by calling 615-690-HITS, extension 2. Um, the sound season opens on Tuesday, April 2nd. Tuesday typically opens on Thursday or Friday. But Tuesday, April 2nd, the day so after a full, April Fool's Day. A full six-game set to I guess. start the season. That is interesting. That that is almost that almost never happens. Yeah. So here. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're Wade, not. Wade is not a privy to the inside jokes, and we need to stop. We'll 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 yeah. get him up to date on both of those. <laughs> but the sounds will again. The sound season opener at home is April 2nd. It's a Tuesday, and it's against the St. Paul Saints making their first trip to Nashville. So um, the Saints, the Saints of St. Paul, formerly of the Independent American Association. So, Wade, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, first things first, looking forward to uh, some good basketball tonight. Giles County is going to host Franklin County. The boys got a good win. Uh, we'll broadcast that on PCL. And I'm looking forward to trying to find something to do with no football on TV this weekend. It just feels a little odd. May check into the NHL All-Star game a little bit. Um, but kind of just looking forward to a little bit of re relaxing because you know as, as well as I do, uh, district basketball tournaments. Calm before the storm. Woo, we got about one good week before we really dive into that. And so – Kind of just looking forward to a little downtime, watch a little TV, catch up on a little TV, and uh, I think we'll call it a weekend. Now, Wade, if you really want to see some football, the 2024 Reese's Senior Bowl mm -hmm. kicks off at 12 noon tomorrow. That could be an option. From Hancock Whitney Stadium in Mobile. Beautiful Mobile, Alabama. Now, I don't know who's televising it. Is it? It's not the, the NFL, NFL Network. The NFL Network? Okay, I should have known that. Um Speaking of showcase bowls, the East West East sure. West Shrine Bowl mm -hmm. was last night. Yep, I did not know. That's unfortunate. I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would have watched, but I didn't know. So, um, I also will be taking in some high school basketball tonight. As again, Spring Hill and Columbia Central, who just played Saturday yep. at Spring Hill. We'll be playing at the Hardy Lloyd Gymnasium. Girls game tips off in two hours and three minutes. <laughs> with myself, the guys to follow. Hmm? Myself and your favorite three-year-old may be there as well. Come on. We're now gonna, we're talking. Come we're on. We're going to come say hello and watch watch the landlord's daughter cheer and Aww. say hello to the Okay, end. cool. 
Alright, I want, I want her to, uh, she's really enjoying watching television basketball, especially women's college basketball, and I want her to see girls playing basketball live, and so I just thought, tonight's as good of a night as any. It is, it is. But while Wade will be relaxing tomorrow, I will be at the Williamson County Ag Expo. Uh-oh. Tell us more. Duels! State duels. Res- wrestling, not uh-huh. wrestling. Yeah. As Key distinction. <laughs> Very. As Summit and Brentwood will both be in action in the Class AA, Summit drew Cleveland right out of the box. Blind draw. Okay. That is. is that a, that's, I'm assuming that's okay. a yeah. tough draw. Mm, that's yeah. like Summertown and Loretto. You know, Meeting in the first round yeah. of the state tournament. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So, um, and then kind of recovering from that. Hoping to get home in time for Kentucky and Tennessee tomorrow. Oof. Be a good one. Real quick before we get out of here. If, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee. You better have dual screens. ESPNU and ESPN, both at 730. You got Western Middle men. Uh, at also, least watch yep. it till you can't. At least watch it till you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And they played better of late. So they have. You never yeah. know. Exactly. A chance for a comeback. You never know. Absolutely. Hey, that's going to do it here for us from the Lee Company studio for Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Wade Neely, Chris Yao, I'm Maurice Patton. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday at 2 o'clock.